All right, so my family, we have jams, and we have a lot of jams. And my son, at four years old, understands what a jam is because we listen to the radio and we'll be in the car, and all of a sudden he's like, Dad, I need loud music because this is my jam. And so we have to turn it up. Now, we've been raising our son correctly, okay? So his jams consist of Bruno Mars. His jams consist of some Imagine Dragons. He really likes the song Thunder, um, so much so that he figured out that he can ask Google to play Thunder for him at any point. And so many, many times during the day, it goes, okay, Google, play Thunder. And of all the songs probably named Thunder, it knows exactly what song he's talking about. Sometimes it's, hey, Google, play the Tiger song. And all of a sudden it's, dig a 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 dig you're about to take it up a whole nother level, okay? If you're cooking, if you're cleaning, if you're reading, you're gonna start flipping pages like this because that song is my jam, right? We all have these jams and we've been talking about how some of these worship songs, there are jams and what does that mean when we are talking about worship? So there's a story in the Bible that we wanna talk about shouting for praise and worship. So last week we talked about dancing and singing and what David did. And this week we're going to look at a story about how this idea of like shouting. And I'm like, hey, everybody, give a shout of praise. And you're like, yeah? And you don't know why. I'm going to explain it, okay? So my story is found in the first quarter of the Bible. So I've got a lot to go over, okay? So shut up and listen. Here we go. Israelite backstory. We're going to talk about a story in the book of Joshua, but to talk about the story in the book of Joshua, I need to tell you a story that happened in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So, Israelites were God's chosen people. They were slaves in Egypt. Not a great place for uh, God's chosen people. And they're like, help God. And God's like, okay, I'm going to help. A little bit more happened in the, between that. But like I said, I got to hurry. So then God frees them from their slavery in Egypt. And he sends like these plagues on Egypt and crazy stuff happens. Like, like staffs turn into snakes, rivers turn to blood, frogs come out of everywhere, flies and gnats and boils and fire and hail. And I mean, it's nuts, right? God shows off a little bit and he gets them out of Egypt. Then they run into the sea, and the Egyptians are coming after them, and they're going to kill them. So God splits the sea. Then they get on the other side, and they don't have any food. And they're like, God, we're hungry. So God sends this bread from heaven. And so it's like, carb it's raining carbs everywhere. And they're just like, yes. All right. So they're eating manna. And then like, they don't know where to go. So God's got this pillar of clouds in the daytime and a pillar of fire that's like leading them. You know, normal day-to-day stuff happened pretty much. So God tells them, all right, I got you out of Egypt, and now you're in this desert. This isn't where I want you to stay. I want you to go to this promised land. So he's like, go. Go to the promised land. And they're at this, like, mountain. It's called Mount Sinai. Like, go to the promised land. They're like, okay. Now, if you've heard this story, the, the idea, like, this number of, like, 40 years is kind of running through your head. You're like, man, that was a really long distance for them to travel Truth be told, from where God told them, go to the promised land, to the promised land was only about 11 days. So they walk 11 days, and they get to the promised land, and then they send out spies. They're like, what's going on in the promised land? Let's send out some scouts, some spies, and see what's happening. So they send out 12 spies, and then they come back, and they've got kind of different ideas. So this is what um, 10 of the spies say is going on. It says, this was the report. It says in Numbers, we entered the land you sent us to explore, 
And it is indeed a beautiful country and land flowing with milk and honey. I don't quite get milk flowing in the ground and in a hot place. That seems like that would be smelly, but this is a different era. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. So they bring out these like gigantic, like glorious, it's, it's, it's good fruit, I guess. Um, but the, but, then, so then they go, but the people living here are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, okay? You know they're talking big people if you know descendants of Anak. You guys know what I'm talking about there. So these 10 spies are like, hey, I get why God wanted us to go there, but listen, it's basically equivalent of like, hey, the place is really nice, but the rent is so expensive, I just don't think I can pay for it, right? That's basically what they're saying kind of thing is like, it's nice, but the tenants are not gonna be evicted easily, so we probably should skip it. But then there's these two guys named Joshua and Caleb, and they're like, oh, come on, we can take them, right? They're like, we can go in there, and God told us that that's our land, so let's go get it. So all the people of Israel listened to the 10 that were complaining, and they start complaining. They're like, did God lead us out of Egypt just to die trying to get our promised land? Oh, woe is me, right? And they're just getting all dramatic about it, the Israelite people were the biggest complainers you'll ever meet. So when they start complaining, God says, hey, you don't get to go now. Now that you started complaining, you don't get to go. How many, how many of your parents, you were just like, you started complaining about something and they're like, fine, you don't want it, you don't get any of it, right? God's not necessarily like the grumpy parent, but that's kind of what happened. They started complaining and he's like, I don't like your attitude. No dessert for you. Basically is what he did, right? So he took it away. Right, and they're like, and, and God doesn't take kindly to people complaining about something that he was like, hey, I've, I've got that for you, go get it. And they start complaining, he doesn't really like that. And so God promised he would lead them. And you think about all the stuff I just said that they've seen him do, all the plagues. They've seen a stinking ocean or a sea just go whoop and split in half, right? They've seen pillars of clouds and pillars of fire and all this crazy stuff and now they're doubting God, even though they've seen all that stuff. And so they decided to put their faith in what these 10 spies reported rather than what God said he would do. And they've already seen all that stuff that God has done. So they did that thing where they tried to backpedal when God was like, fine, you don't get to go anymore. And they're like, no, 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 we're just kidding. Hey, we're really sorry we complained. We're, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go. Okay, so now God says go and they don't go. And now God says don't go, so they're gonna go right? These are like the, these just epitomize my four-year-old right now, right? So they go and then they get their butts kicked because God was like, I'm not going to go with you if you go now because I told you. So they get their butts kicked and God's like, listen, anybody over 21 or 20 years old, you were all the complainers. You knew what was going on. So now you're going to have to wander the desert for 40 years till all of those people have died, then I will let you go in when the new generation, right, the millennials, they're like, come on, Gen Z, you're up, baby boomers, you're all going to have to die before we let you in. It's kind of what God's saying here, basically. So that's why they were stuck in the desert for 40 years. It wasn't this long journey. It was that they didn't listen to God when he told them to. So now they're stuck. All the old people died. God's like, okay, now you can go in. Awesome. Cool. So even Moses, who was like the leader, he died. So now Joshua, one of the spies that was like, let's go get him. He's now the leader. And so you can imagine he's like, 
we got this, all right? So now they've crossed the Jordan and they're walking towards Jericho. And I'm, I'm assuming Joshua's like kind of walking by himself when all of a sudden the commander of the Lord's heaven's armies shows up. Now, think about like the commander of an army. Like he's probably got like the regalia, right? Of just like the, the uniform. And, and I know like our generals don't necessarily show off, but think of like old school they're just like loaded. Now think of like the commander of the Lord's, like the Lord's armies, what that guy would look like, right? That'd be a pretty intimidating character. And, and the Bible calls, like gives him a name in some other place called Michael. So this is like Michael, the archangel, angel, like one of the strongest angels in heaven shows up to Joshua and he's like, hey, take off your shoes because you're on holy ground. And Joshua, I imagine he's just like, I'm gonna take off my shoes and I'm gonna take off my pants because I pooped in them because you scared me so much, right? If an angel shows up with the commander of the heaven's armies, you're pooping your pants for sure. That's just gonna happen, all right? So Joshua says, sure, I'll do it. And so then God shows up or basically starts to speak to Joshua and he's like, okay, here's the plan. Now imagine Joshua has seen all that God did in Egypt and all the amazing things. So I imagine Joshua's like, Oh, yeah, God, what are you going to do? Okay, yeah, yeah. Are you going to be like, are you going to just like, just crash lightning down on Jericho and blow it up? Or, 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 or maybe, 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 maybe you send like fireballs. It's going to be like, right? Or maybe you're just going to send like this giant wind. And, and I just imagine Joshua is just like super excited about it. And he's pumped about it because he saw all the amazing stuff that he did, and he's just like, okay, okay, maybe you're gonna like fill, fill their walls with frogs, right? Just like, it's a, it's a completely enclosed, and you're just gonna go fill it with frogs, and it's gonna be overflowing with frogs. That'd be really cool. And God's like, even better, okay? Here's the plan. You're gonna get your priests, you're gonna get your armies, and Joshua's like, oh yeah, yeah we are, okay. And he's like, you're gonna walk around the city walls once on day one. Then on day two, Joshua's like, yeah, on day two, you're gonna walk around the walls once. Okay, okay, okay. He's like, day three, you're gonna walk around the walls once. At this point, Joshua's probably like, I don't know how I'm supposed to explain this to these people, okay? We, we, okay, and it, so God goes on to say, well, you're gonna walk around it once for six days. Then on the seventh day, you're gonna get crazy. You're gonna walk around it seven times. Then at the end, the trumpeters are gonna blast real loud, and then you're gonna yell. And Joshua's like, and then what? He's like, yeah, uh-huh. That's the plan. And I just imagine Josh is like, okay, okay, cool, God. Um, and he goes to the Israelites, and he's like, okay, here's the plan, guys. And I heard this from God, and I just can imagine there's some people just like, no, you didn't. <laughs> no. But I guess they were good, and, like, they were good. Okay, so think about this. Like, Joshua saw all of this stuff. Like, he was in Egypt. He was a slave in Egypt. And he saw all of the amazing things that God did to free them from Egypt. And truth be told, besides saying, God help, they didn't really do anything. They, they just sat there and watched God like strike plagues on Egypt till Egypt was like, I give up, go away, right? He saw these amazing things. And the truth is that 
when there's a promise, you might have to put a little work. But when there's freedom, God's not saying you have to do anything for that. He said you don't have to do a thing besides declare Jesus as Lord to receive freedom from sin. But God wants to, you to join him in the fighting and the earning and the tearing down the walls that are keeping you from your promises. It's like this, that freedom is given, but dreams are often fought for. So they do this, all right? So the, the, the Israelites are on board and they're like, okay, we can do this. So it's like day one, they're just like, oh, and I forgot. They have, um, oh, where'd my trumpet go? It's okay. They go like this. So they're, they're, they're walking around just once now, okay? And everybody else besides these trumpeters have to be dead quiet. Not a noise. So they're just like. Get done. Then they go home. Then they wake up day two. Day three. Go home. Or day two. Wake up day three. Okay. Day four, they wake up. Now, I imagine that those trumpeters were getting a little bored, okay? So I imagine they started again, like getting a little jazzy with it. They were just like... They like go home and they practice something new and they're getting all excited about day... So day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six... Day seven, here's where it gets real crazy, right? So they walk around it seven times. Man, I'm getting a workout tonight. Seven times. That was seven if you miscounted. You blinked and it's over, right? Like, <sighs> Trumpeters, get ready. They're like, all right, so at the long blast of the trumpets, we're all going to shout. And they go... And then they yelled, okay? And they yelled real loud, and they're just like, ah! Then let's read what happened in Joshua 6, 21. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. So they walked around all those walls, and all of a sudden, they're just like, and they didn't even touch it. They're just like, ah! go down, right? And then they murdered every living thing that was in the city. It's in the Bible, except for a prostitute. <laughs> Their walls came down by, by the shout of praise, right? They, they did this and they shouted and the praise, a shout of praise, I might get in trouble with that one later. Uh, but the walls came down. So now we have to ask ourselves in our own lives, what are the walls in our lives that are keeping us from God's promises? Could it be that we are realizing that we, we gossip a lot, that we're talking bad about people, and we know God's like, don't gossip. We're like, I'm not gossiping. I'm just telling other people what has happened to somebody else that they might not want everybody to know, but I'm doing it for them so that maybe those people will pray for them. It's not that, right? Maybe it's social media. Maybe that's the wall in your life. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, Fortnite. I don't know. Is that, do you guys play Fortnite? 
couple of you. Okay, maybe it's um, a bad relationship. Maybe it's pornography or masturbation. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's too many extracurricular activities. Maybe it's fear. See, we all have these walls in our life that are stopping us from getting the promise. But what are those promises? What are those things that maybe those walls are keeping us from? Maybe it's just peace. Maybe that, that fear in our life is keeping us from peace. Maybe we're struggling to go to sleep at night because we don't have that. Maybe we're just, we're, we're struggling with depression and we just can't seem to have joy. We're waiting for circumstances to change rather than just asking for God's joy and we're not getting that promise of joy or happiness. Maybe it's energy. Maybe you're just like, God's promise is just to like give you that rich and abundant life and it says in scriptures that like those who trust in the Lord will mount up with wings like eagles. Maybe you need that energy and that's that promise, but there's a wall keeping you from it. Maybe it's college. Maybe you know that the promise is you're gonna be the first person in your family to go to college or at least the first person to graduate college, but there's walls in the way and those walls are you're struggling to stay focused and get good grades right now in high school to be able to get there. Maybe it's a job. Maybe that promise is a job, but you're spending too much time doing something else and you're not going after that job. And so maybe it's healing. Maybe it's you or a family member who is sick or hurting and you know, man, they need healing. Maybe it's a healing like, like uh, emotional healing in the heart or maybe it's like a physical healing. But maybe that's a promise that God wants to give somebody but there's a wall blocking it. Maybe it's good friends but maybe the bad friend is the wall to making better friends. Maybe it's freedom from shame. Maybe that's the promise but we're still stuck at the wall of pornography so sometimes all we need to do to tear down those walls is to shout before the Lord. It says in Psalms 149.6, it says, God's high and holy praises fill their mouths for their shouted praises are their weapons of war. See, sometimes we think, like in this battle, we think we need to just like go after it. We need to, we need to go get guns a-slinging and swords a-waving and we need to fight. But God's saying, well, Maybe you just need to tuck into me and maybe you just need to shout. Th think about how much differently this story of Jericho would have been if rather than obeying God, they would have tried to like take, take the, the, the city by fighting. Now they'd have to like traverse the walls and you know like you need a lot of people to die so that you can get up those walls basically. Like the first hundred people on every ladder aren't gonna make it. You have to like try and climb up. They're gonna push off ladder. The casualties would have been catastrophic if they would have tried to conquer that city by fighting, but instead they said, what if we just shouted? God said, what if you just listened to me for a while and then you shouted? See, why would God make them do, like why would God make them walk around for seven days and then they shouted and then the walls fell? Why would God do that? See, the walls didn't come down just because they shouted, it came down because they obeyed. Guys, a shout of praise and an obedient heart can tear down any wall you face. See guys, I love science, but, but there, there wasn't this weird like sonic frequency that knocked down those walls. All right? I can't explain it to you that like, they're like the, 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 the horns, just, just the right frequency and they shouted and it caused some weird vibrations and it shouted, no. You could shout at those walls all day. You could shout at these walls all day and they're not going down, right? They're not gonna fall. It wasn't anything like that. It looks, it took the obedience and the faith to believe that if they shouted, 
God would do something miraculous. See, guys, maybe God is asking you to do something right now in your life. Maybe there's this obedience step. You're, you're struggling with that wall. You're hitting the wall again and again, but maybe there's this obedience step that you need to take and then that shout in faith and praise. Maybe it's take a break from media in general. Maybe it's like, I need to take a break from YouTube. I need to take a break from Snapchat because it's just, it's eating up all my free time and I'm not able to focus on school. I'm not able to focus on my quiet times or anything like that. Maybe it's spend more time in the word. Maybe God's saying like, hey, do this one obedient step and watch what miracles I can do in your life. Maybe it's give up that thing or that activity that keeps you from coming to 4640 on a regular basis. Maybe it's ending that toxic relationship. Or maybe it's just like God saying, hey, take care of your health. You want energy? Maybe you need to start like looking at your life and going, what is draining me and what is not draining me? See, guys, obedience, when we do that, it builds faith. And faith puts power in the shout. See, I don't, God, I, I, don't, I don't understand why you're asking me to do this. I don't understand why you want me to like take a break from media. I don't understand those things, but I have faith that you know what you're doing. See, the shout needs faith. It needs faith because if the, if the Israelites would have walked up to the wall of Jericho and shouted on day one, the walls wouldn't have come down. If they shouted on day two, the walls wouldn't have come down. If they would have shouted on day seven, lap three, the walls wouldn't have come down. But when they completely obeyed what God had asked them to do, and then they shouted, they had built up faith. They had built up that anticipation. They had obeyed what God had asked them to do, and that built the faith, which put the power behind the shout to tear down the walls of a city. It says in Psalms 9-2, it says, I will jump for joy and shout in triumph as I sing your song. See, guys, when we shout after the obedience, it's a declaration of victory before the walls even come down. When, when, when they shouted, they had a belief that the victory was theirs because they had obeyed. They knew God's promises, that that city was there, and they knew that if God told them to do that, he said, if you do A plus B, C will happen, they had done A, they had done B, and so they had the faith that God would keep his promises to see those walls coming down. So it says in Psalms 47, God, arises with the ear-splitting shout of his people. You want something, you want God to come in and do something in your life. You need victory over that wall, over that problem in your life. It starts with a shout of victory and God will do something amazing. So tonight we're gonna unpack one of my favorite jams. It's a song called Mighty, and you guys have heard it. We've sang it several times here. I love this song so much for so many reasons. Um, but, but I need to know that, that as I'm declaring something, I need to know that the, that the person I'm declaring these things to is mighty. And I need to know that like the God that I'm like giving my entire life to, I can trust. And I feel like this song kind of helps me have that like strength and, and, it, and it helps me to clear um, not only to myself, but to the atmosphere around me um, that my God is mighty to do the things that, that I need him to do. And so I would love as we kind of unpack this song for us to kind of see it with 
some perspective um, because I think if we can look at this song with um, some really good perspective, it, it'll help us um, see our problems as like a little bit smaller. And like when, when we're focusing and our perspective starts to shift on him, it, it starts to, to make these things down here a little bit smaller. So just kind of have this like perspective shift in your mind happening as we kind of unpack this. So the first verse says, here in the night and beyond the stars, you bring us hope much stronger than ours. And I don't know about you, but sometimes my perspective can get a little bit cattywampus and a little bit like off, off, um, off trail and I'm like, you know, I kind of get sidetracked and stuff, but I need to like have this hope that's much stronger than myself. A hope that's like much stronger than my own flesh, that I have a savior that's gonna give me hope through the trials that come my way. I need God to give me that strength to keep going when those walls begin to like come up. I need him to give me that strength to be obedient like Joe said, so those walls can begin to fall. It says lifting our head our heads and healing our lives. I love um, Psalms 3.3 is one of my favorite verses and this, this song has this phrase in it, but it says, but you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. And I like just get this beautiful picture of like our father who like when we're in trial and we're in hard time and we're facing a wall and we're, we're kind of like down and like, what are we gonna do? Like I get this beautiful picture in my mind of like, uh, such like a loving gentle God and he's just lifting my head like he's so kind to just like gently lift my head so that my perspective can again not be right here but but starts to to see him and see truth like I just I love I love the picture that he gives us in that um, Isaiah also says that by his wounds on the cross we are healed it says healing our lives taking our pain as we lift our eyes um, and, I, and I love this part too. Isaiah 53 says, surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. It's talking about Jesus dying on the cross. When he did that, he took our pain for us and, and he carried it for us. Psalm 68, 19 says, praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior who daily bears our burdens. Like he, he carries those things. He, he, he did that work on the cross, but then every single day, it says in Psalm 55, 22, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. So like this work that we're doing together, like Joe said, we have faith and then we're obedient. Like, and, and so we have this like co-relationship with God that as we, we cast our cares on him, he takes that, that pain from us and he bears our, our burdens daily. I love, I love how good he is. So... I'm jumping to the chorus. I love the chorus so much. Um, oh, your death made a way. Oh, we overcome by your name. Oh, we're free in your grace. Oh, you're mighty to save. And I super wish I could sing, but I can't, so I will bear you the, you know, the pain of that. So, um, okay, so I, as I've been like kind of praying about the song and like, Lord, what do you want to say? Um, I've really been praying about this um, part, the word oh, okay? And it sounds like... You're gonna spend time on this, yes. I'm gonna spend time on this word O oh, for a minute um, because I feel like the Lord's given me like some fun insight and, and I don't wanna like skip over because um, this word can be so powerful and singing um, O oh, is a word, but singing things that aren't necessarily like lyrics or like long verses can be super, super powerful. Um, so I have a couple of thoughts on this. So one, it says in the Bible, just simply make a joyful noise, okay? So O, oh, it doesn't, it's not like, Whatever, but you're making a joyful noise. Like you're, you're praising the Lord and it's not like some necessarily like beautiful lyric that's like so powerful, but it's like you're making a joyful noise unto the Lord. Um, 
And, and two, so, so Pastor Joe said this several times that like when we are singing a, a word or um, a noise um, out into the atmosphere, like we are declaring again to ourselves and also to the atmosphere around us and to the enemy who, who's very much um, fighting to, to take us out, we are declaring um, that he doesn't have power. So I get this like picture in my mind as I'm like, you know, going through the song and I get this like, um, a little bit like sassy mama bear starts to come out in me, um, where I'm like, like, did you ever get in trouble? And your mom was like, oh girl, no, you didn't. Oh girl, no, thank you. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, and you kind of get this like mom finger, like I can't stop waving it. It's just like, no, like, yeah. And I'm a mom of little kids right now. So I'm like, no, 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 you're not the boss applesauce. No, 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 thank you. Um, and so I think like a mom. And so I know like none of you are really moms. Um, so just, just bear with me for a minute. But I just get this like to the enemy. That's how I feel. I just want to like wave my finger and be like, oh, no, 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 no. No, thank you. No, ma'am. You don't have the power. You don't have the say. You don't have the authority. And I get this like, like really like um, defensive, like, no, he can't, he can't steal these things from me. Like this is, this is something that God has given me. And so I get this like sassy fighter. So maybe, you know, especially if you're a dude, you don't know what I'm saying, but like maybe for you, it's like a war cry and you're just like, yeah, like I'm, I'm declaring this and, and like war cries probably aren't very pretty, but like they're super powerful and you can hear them from like far away. It's not like, oh, oh, like it's like, why? you know, like it's like super loud and obnoxious and it's like the enemy can hear when we are declaring out loud what, what's happening inside of us. And so I just, I'm getting like super pumped about this like word, oh, because <laughs> it's just like, I feel like it can mean so many different things. Um, and maybe for you, like, I don't relate to any of that. So here's the other thing that I think it can mean um, is the, the chorus says, um, sorry. Oh, your death made a way. Oh, you have, we overcome by your name. Oh, we're free in your grace. Oh, you're mighty to save. Maybe for you, it's just like remembering that truth. Like maybe for you, you're just like, oh yeah. For a minute, I forgot that his death made a way for me. And like, oh yeah. I overcome by his name and oh yeah, I am free in his grace. And sometimes like the lies of the world and the enemy can be so loud in our ears, but oh, when we remember, we, we have that like moment to be, to, to just sit in that and, and remember and recall the truth uh, of what these words are saying. It says your death made a way made a way for you and I to have eternal life. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish but would have eternal life. God is saying by, by Jesus' death on the cross, he made a way for us to spend eternity with him. His death made a way for us. Like, and Jesus knew what he was doing the whole time as he like bore our pain and our sin and our shame and, and he suffered that death on the cross. He knew what he was doing the whole time and he would do it over and over because we are worth it to him. It says we overcome by your name. Y'all, the power in the name of Jesus is like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, like the power in his name, that's, that's how we are healed. That's how we are saved. It's how we're redeemed. It's how we overcome it is by the power of the name. That's how we cast out demons. Like the power of the name of Jesus carries so much more weight than I think we even know. It says we're free in your grace. And Joe talked a ton about freedom last week when he introduced that new song um, and how we're free in him. And we have this freedom to have peace and to have comfort and to have joy in 
him. And oh, you're mighty to save. Zephaniah 3.17 says, the Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. His love will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. And, and like, I feel like there's so much going on in this verse. But like, God is a mighty warrior. Like, I, I love this like idea of like, he's so strong and mighty and just like, awesome. But then he's like, also like rejoicing over me with singing. So I'm just like, you got a lot going on up there, God. Like, he's like this mighty warrior, but he's singing and dancing over us. Like, he's so, like, pumped about us. And I just feel like it, it, it makes me want to, like, fight for him, too. And I, like, want to, like, declare those things over my life as well. Because that's what God says about us. So good. Okay. So, verse 2 says, when faith is a fight and the mountains are real. Whew. I'm gonna get just real honest. Um, because faith is a fight. And faith is not always like flowers and mountains and Jesus loves me and yes, he does. And I think that's very powerful. But it's not always this like lovely, pretty thing. Faith isn't always easy. And the truth is, is that the enemy is fighting us like crazy to take our faith away from us. The enemy wants nothing more than for us to quit. And this battle was very real for me in, in my recent life, um, where, where the enemy was starting to tempt me with this idea of quitting. And like, it, it's, it's like kind of embarrassing to say and like the fact that I even like toiled with this idea, but it's just this like temptation. And I feel like he, he at some point will, will tempt all of us with this idea of like, just throw in the towel. Like it'll be easier. And, and yeah, maybe life would be a little bit easier if you, you know, you weren't serving all the time or you didn't have to go to church or like, you know, some of those things, I think he can tempt us with this idea but that's not true. It's not true. Faith is a fight and it's something worth fighting for. When the mountains are real and the mountains that you're facing right now, they're very, very real. And I don't wanna diminish that at all, whether it's a parent's divorce or a breakup or a loss of a friend or a loved one or just a difficulty in school or, or temptation or a lie or a sin pattern or, or something that you're facing. Those mountains are real. And I just, I love this song because I'm like, oh, oh, wait for the chorus. Wait for the chorus when, when I can declare that your death made a way for me. And I think it's this like, perspective again, that when, that when we start focusing our attention here, our mountains, they're still real, but they start to become a little bit smaller and a little bit smaller because our, our focus is here. It's not right here when they're right in front of us. We're saying, Jesus, I'm choosing to trust you. And those mountains that are real start to just begin to be a little bit smaller for us. You lift us up in your light we will heal as victors we sing of death swallowed whole. This is kind of a weird phrase for me. I'm like, especially if you're like a new believer, you're like, what does death swallowed whole mean? That sounds weird. Um, so I'd love to unpack it for just a second. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. It also says death is swallowed up in victory. Another version says death is turned into victory. And this is just talking about the work that Jesus did on the cross for us. It means that like now that we believe in Jesus, death doesn't, doesn't hold weight for us because we actually get to like live forever in heaven. Like our physical bodies will die, but like our spirits get to go on and live with him forever and like 
what a victory death will be for us. And like, what a victory that like, we get to go spend forever with him. Like this fight that we're fighting, this, this faith fight that we're fighting for, in the end, it's gonna result in victory because we get to be with him. Like that's such like an incredible thing to us that as victors, we sing of death's wild hole. Like we are already, we've already, he already won the victory and so we're in him and so we've won the victory as well. It says, and all that we hope will be all that we know. It goes into the chorus again and then it goes into the bridge and I super love this part too. And it's so simple. It says, our God is mighty, our God is mighty, our God is mighty, our God is mighty to save. I like, I love this word mighty. And like, I feel like I just need to like show my muscles when I'm like talking about might. Um, So I wanted to kind of define it. Um, And it just says, possessing great and impressive power or or strength, especially on account of size. And this just like cracked me up because I'm just like, oh, they wanna like put God in a box. Like, they're, like, my, like, okay, especially on account of size, but, like, God can't be measured. Like, he doesn't, there's no, like, he's limitless. Like, it's, he's just, like, bah, there's no, ah, I'm so excited. It's just, like, oh, oh, okay, like, this is, this is what, like, the earthly definition is, and God, like, just, like, makes that box explode, and, like, he's so much greater than that. He cannot be measured, extremely, exceedingly, enormously, immensely, tremendously, hugely, very much more than we can explain. That is how mighty he is. So knowing and believing this in our heart, we're gonna declare it and we're gonna shout it. And, and in this like obedience uh, of what God is asking us to do, uh, and, and then as we're shouting it, we're gonna, we're gonna start tearing down those walls in, in our life. And so I just want you to kind of think about a couple questions. What are those walls for you? Joe went through a ton of examples, parents' divorce, um, big things, school, teachers, loss of something, someone. What what are those walls for you? And and then uh, this is what I love about the bridge. God is mighty. What do you need him to be mighty for in your life? Do you need him to be mighty to save? Do you need him to be mighty to heal? Do you need him to be mighty to give you joy? Do you need him to, what, in what way do you need God to be mighty for you? Because he will and he is, like he's, he's all of it. He, he's the source. And so what, what area do you need God to come through for you and be mighty for you? So I just, I'm gonna ask you guys to all come down and we're just gonna declare this together and we're just gonna shout and declare the freedom that we have in Him. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.